Welcome to Prayer Huddle, a community that seeks to host God, influence lives, and revive hearts. The message you're about to listen to is a word in season to make your spirit soar like that of the eagle. Thank you for listening and stay blessed. Um, Tonight, I want to share something very deep. And I want you to open your heart. I want those of you with your Bibles, get ready. You're going to read your Bibles for me. I'm so happy seeing most of your video. I want a lot more people to come on video so that I can, we can make this very interactive. I want to talk to us t- today on uh, spiritual resilience, spiritual resilience, spiritual resilience. When we talk about resilience, we're talking about ability to hang in there long enough until you see the glory of God. We're talking about the capacity to hold off on the pressure, on the strain, on the stress, on the battle, you know, on the Steve opposition, amen, uh, till your Redeemer, you know, shows up. We're talking about that character, that, uh, that tenacity in a child of God who is heaven-bound, who would not be distracted or swayed by anything, but is laser-focused and saying, until I reach my one and only goal, which is heaven, and until I make it to the finish line and I finish my race strong, I am not going to succumb or bow to the pressure of the enemy. And tonight, we're going to pray some powerful prayers on resilience. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to receive some impactation of God's spirit, God's, God's um, anointing on our lives to be resilient. I want to pray with you. Stretch forth your hands towards me. Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Lord of glory, who is exalted far above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And you are seated at the right hand of majesty next to the Father, making intercession for us. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, as I open my mouth to share these words, anoint this vessel, this oracle of yours, and Lord, imprint this word with your fire, with your spirit, and let it remain in the heart and life of your children indelibly. I pray that the enemy will not be able to steal the effect of this word, the harvest that will come from this word in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this word be a meat that will carry us long in the journey. Let this word be the miracle bread from heaven. Like Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to read the opening scriptures, then I would ask other people to join me in reading. But just remember to mute yourself and uh, remember to, you know, unmute yourself, I mean, and, uh, and read for us. So we're going to read, we're going to start off 2 Chronicles Second Chronicles chapter 15. Second Chronicles chapter 15. And I'm going to be reading from verse 3 to 4. 
It says now for a long season um, in Israel, it said for a long, long time in Israel, Israel was without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without the law. Whoa. Israel was without the true God, okay, and without a teaching priest and without the law. It said, but when they were in trouble, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, in desperation and sought him, and he was found by them. Verse 5, very important. It says, and in those times, in those days and dispensation, those in that era, there was no peace to him who went out, nor to him who came in, but a great and vexing afflictions. And my Bible is put in an amplified version, disturbances were upon all the inhabitants of all the countries. It says, during this era, during this period, when there was a disconnect from the relationship with the true God, there was, there was a, a disconnect, there was an absence of the reality of God, the true God. And also the teaching priests, not just pastors, not just prophets, not just apostles, but teaching priests. A priest talks about somebody who stands in the gap between God and the people or any situation and God. Teaching priests, in other words, those instructing the mind of God, okay, as it regards to a situation. And lastly, without law. Now, the law there speaks of guidance. And he said because these three things were lacking, the outcome was that there was no peace to him that went out, and there was no peace to him that came in. This is a very, very dire time to live in. But this was a real time in the history of Israel. It really happened. There was no peace to him who went out. There was no peace to him that came in because there was vexation all over the land. There was so much trouble, all sorts of adversity in the land now the lord began to speak to me that the times we live in is just like what is described in the bible you need you only need to talk to people or you need to talk to your colleagues or you need to look around you and you will notice the kind of vexation that is going on right now in our world there's a lot of uncertainties I've been getting prophetic words from different uh, friends, men of God, servants of God, and everybody seems to have a word of prophecy about what is going on in this time. People are saying different things. We live in a time where we are faced with such a great uncertainty and vexation. Uncertainty and vexation. And when we talk about uncertainty, a lot of people are uncertain about God's love for them, the reality of God's love for them, whether the Holy Spirit is still in our midst, whether the Holy Spirit is still moving in the church, whether the power of the Holy Spirit is still present in the church. 
there's a there's a huge disconnect there's a big disconnect and this has happened in the bible it says in those days uncertainties there was vexation whenever the reality of god and his presence begin to elude man what you see that starts happening is there's a loss of peace. We're talking about tangible peace that only Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, can give a person. And that is what we're seeing, you know, around our world. Let me read this to you so that I bring it home because I also want to share some of the things that has been happening. Somebody reached out to me and um, he reached out with this prophetic word. And I said to him, I didn't, I didn't even say a word. I was just like, wow. But I'm going to read it, if you, if you permit me, just to put, put you in the know. Now, you need to understand my position when it comes to prophecies and the prophetic word. I am a believer of the Bible first. This is the authentic book of prophecy. Okay? In other words... People will prophesy as led by the Spirit at times as they want to prophesy. It might come from themselves. And that's why the Bible says we should prove all things, prove all prophecy, right? So this, this person sent this word to me. It says, you need to begin to pray for where you are. Pray for America. He said, because there is just something looming in the air about Joe Biden's administration. Now, I don't believe in all kinds of prophecy that looks takes political tone, but I'm just going to read this and I'll take it somewhere. It says, I told you on the 30th of December that I saw angels crying over America. And he said, the Lord showed me things. I'm not going to read this part. I'll keep it to myself. He says, I have a lot to tell you, but I'm still reserving it. He said, I also saw three angelic beings with your face, exactly like you, same height and same voice and same stature. And a Macedonian call was proclaimed on so many. And I responded, when I saw this, I said, well, there are clear indications that our generation is in a dispensation on the precipice of Bible prophecy and the end time move of God. We all have to work closely with the Holy Spirit for his strategy alone. Many of God's people or servants will try to use him but let's remember that we are just tools in the hands of God. Now, I want to focus on the word that the Lord puts in my heart to respond to this prophecy. Because in this prophecy, there were a lot of things he said that's going to happen, you know, with the government, with the nations, a lot of uncertainties. But the truth is, we know that we're standing at a very crucial time when men have exhausted all their capacity to end peace and live in peace because we're building a system 
that where, where men are building a system that they aim to make it work without God. And anytime a people begins to build a system without God, they forfeit the peace that should come from him. So we see in the Bible that in those days, there was shortage. There was lack of the reality of God's presence. And I want to bring this home. How do you feel right now? Can you say that you, you, you are living in the reality of God's presence in your life? The second thing is there was no teaching priest. Now, these days, you know, you go on YouTube, um, everybody's a prophet, everybody's an apostle. I'm like, okay, where are the days of the pastors? Like every, I'm just seeing apostles, prophets, apostles, and prophets, apostles, and prophets. In the end time, God will raise voices. But most importantly, I want you to know that in the end time, the Bible says also perilous times will come and men would develop itching ears, heaping for themselves, teachers, voices, who will say what they want to hear. Amen. People who will speak not the mind of God, but people who will speak what the crowd wants to hear. Amen. The third thing that you start noticing in your life when there's a disconnect from hosting, stewarding God's presence, because the God's presence in our lives speaks of open heaven. And anytime you feel that disconnect, you start feeling a shortage of God's peace. The next thing, aside teaching priests, aside disconnect from God, is guidance. And this is where the Lord said, focus on and talk about guidance. And I'm going to show us some of the things that the Bible has already forewarned us about as it concerns the uncertainties and the vexations of this time. I want somebody to read for me um, 2 Chronicles 26, verse 4 to 5. Somebody open to 2 Chronicles 26, 4 to 5. Another person open to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Let's read from verse 3. I'm going to read from verse 3, and you can read 10 and 13. Matthew 24, I will read verse 3, and you can read 10 to 13. Okay? Remember to unmute yourself. Let's do this quick. Time is ticking. The first reader can read 2 Chronicles 26, 4 to 5. Who is, who is my reader? 2 Chronicles 2 Chronicles 26, verse 4 to 5. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Amen. <clears throat> and that is the key to having spiritual resilience. Spiritual resilience to to be able to last long and outlast this time, outlast the uncertainties and vexations and everything going on in this time, there has to be guidance in our lives, spiritual guidance. We have to be so guided, so directed by the Lord. 
and we see in the life of this, this young man, young child, who became a king at age 16, the Bible says that he started off seeking the Lord, yearning for the Lord. Under the, in, the, in the time of Zechariah, under the, it's like Zechariah pulled him under his feathers and began to help him, okay, began to help him access the visions of God. He says, Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And because of that, the Bible says he saw the Lord, he did what was right. So, you, beloved, you see that your, your level of accuracy, your work with God is directly proportional to the, to, the, to the access of light, the access of understanding, the access of revelation that is coming to your life. And that is the reason why our relationship with God it can be under attack or is under attack during this time because the enemy knows that if you have that access to God in a place of fellowship, you are getting the teachings, the instructions from the word of God and then also you commit your heart to the word of God. He knows that you're going to gain access to the visions, to what God is seeing for your life, what God is seeing for our world, what God is seeing for your family. And the outcome is that you will do what is right. And because we do what is right, the, what will follow is that God will make us to prosper. I want to pray for you that nothing will stop you and I from doing what is right in the sight of God. There's, you see, there's, there's just something about God. I've noticed in the scriptures that God is, is so simple in principle. God is so straightforward in principle. A man does, a man or woman lives right, does what is right in the sight of God. It attracts God. There's just something it does. It attracts God to them. The Bible says God saw Noah and God highly favored Noah, right? God saw that Noah was different in his time. And the Bible says that Noah found favor in the sight of God. And that is what we see here. This young man, he came under the tutelage of Zechariah. Zechariah began to expose him, became the strongest spiritual influence in his life, began to expose him to the truths, to the word of God, to the things, the mind of God. And we started seeing uh, it began to influence even his actions, his decisions, his steps. And then also that began to open him up to a realm of doing well and prospering in God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to read a little more scripture about the things that Jesus has said about this time that we live in. In Matthew chapter 24, Matthew 24, I'm going to read verse 3. I want my reader to be ready with 10 and 13. Matthew 24, verse 3. And Jesus, he sat upon the Mount Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, what shall these things, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming? and of the end of the world. You know, when I read this place, I said, I wish the disciples had just asked Jesus one of the questions. You know, either ask him, what is the signs of your coming? Okay, and stop there. Or 
what is the signs of the end of the world and stop there. But, you know, they asked Jesus two in one. And they said, tell us what will be the sign of your coming and what will be the sign of the end of the world. Now, the Lord began to tell me that we are on a prophetic precipice. Now, what does that mean? That sounds big. Prophetic precipice. Okay. That means we have come to the end or the final stage of the signs of end time. Okay. Which you will see Jesus began to say some of those signs here. And we are entering or we are about to enter into the threshold of the signs of the coming of the Lord. Now, let me say that again. We have come to the end, like we've come to the final precipice. We're at that point where everything that has been prophesied, everything that has been spoken about the signs of the end time has been fulfilled. If you're a good Bible student, you follow the word of God, you follow prophecy, you see what's happening in the world. Uh, America is a big player. Other nations are big players. You see that everything that has happened, even to the, the fact that the Bible said the gospel will be preached all over the world, that sign is being fulfilled. Even when the Bible says knowledge will increase, that sign is being fulfilled. Daniel said there will be tow and fro. That sign is being fulfilled. Right now, you can, you can be at any place you want to be in the world in less than 24 hours or you know, no matter how far it is. You can get to any part of this world within, we're talking about 24 hours, 36 hours max. Why? Because the prophecy is being fulfilled. In the days when these prophecies were written, it takes months to even travel from one point to another. But now, news, information, with social media and digital age and technology and advancement that we're seeing, astronomical advancement, all of these signs have been fulfilled. But we are also entering a dimension where we will start seeing the very signs, specific signs that indicates the second coming of the Lord. Now, this is important. Please listen to me. When I was preparing this word, I was like, Father, this, this I, I'm not sure I preached this in detail on prayer hardware. And the Lord said, Speak to my people about spiritual resilience at this time. Spiritual resilience in your faith. Spiritual resilience in your work with God. And that's why it's important to talk about the signs of the end time. I, will, I would have the person read, uh, whoever is reading, verse um, 10 and verse 13. Please go ahead. Matthew 24, verse 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Matthew 24, 13. For he who endures to the end shall be saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. It says between 10 and, and 13, you skipped 11 and 12. Can you read oh, it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No problem. I'm sorry. And then many false prophecies, prophets will, be, will rise up and deceive many. Hmm. And because loneliness will be abound, the love of many will grow cold. Yeah. For he who endures to the end shall be saved. Praise the Lord. He who endures till the end. That is the resilience we're talking about. He who is able to sustain. It's a long race. Think of a marathon race. He who is able to stay and hang in there. 
and, and stay in there till the end in his walk with God, in his faith in God, in his commitment to God, in his love for the things of the Spirit, he was able to hang in there, amen, till the end shall be saved. You know, when I was praying for this meeting, the Lord said, pray for men. And I want to talk about that because it's also in our prayer request. Pray, the Lord began to show me that Satan is mechanizing, is re-engineering his attack for men. And this is very important. If you read the Bible and study scriptures very well, Satan's tactics has always been the same. Kill the male child. He did it during the days of Pharaoh. He said, kill every man child. He did it in the days of Jesus. He said, slaughter every man child. Now, there is something spiritual about cutting off men in a, a generation. I'm talking about not just physical massacre. Now, I'm talking about you breaking men off their call, breaking men off their assignment, their role, whether it is in the family, in the society, as a father, as a son, like cutting them off or cutting off their candles. And that's what the enemies begin to do. And the Lord said, you're going to pray for men. Pray for men because there is, there's an attack on men. The reason why a lot of families, and I'll, I'll tell you something, a lot of marriages, like where our sister read, it says, many shall be offended. Offense actually means that you cross a boundary. You know, whenever you said you see a sign, it says offenders will be punished. So offense means you trespass, you go beyond a boundary. And what boundary is that? The boundary of love. You cross it. It says many shall be offended, betray one another, and hate one another. Whenever the enemy succeeds to take men out of the picture, this is what happens. This is exactly what you start seeing in the family. Betrayal, offense and hate. And the devil likes it. Why? Because this is how he gets true to the woman. Anytime the devil comes into a home, he is not looking for anybody else. Okay? Listen to me. This, this is important. He's not looking for anybody else but the head, the man of that house. Strike the sheep. Strike the shepherd. Okay? And what happens to the sheep? They scatter. And that's what starts happening to family. Things begin to pull apart. Wife pulls apart. Children pulls apart. And the enemy knows that if he can hit the male child. Okay, sorry that I'm saying man child because some of us are not uh, children. But I'm using it in a prophetic sense. The man child, if I can attack the man child, I will get to the woman. And that is what the enemy, one of his strategy in this end time. And he says, because of this, so many things will happen. There will be offense in the family. There will be, there will be betrayal in the family. People will hate one another. A lot, of, a lot of men are just walking out of their call. You know, I, somebody said something to me. He said, have you noticed that even in our workplace, we, we are just about four men and the entire, you know, every, the entire staff is made up of... Uh, 28, maybe 28 ladies or women. 
and you wonder and say, where are the men? Why is it that before even men rise in their destiny or raise their head, the enemy attacks and stops them? And the Lord began to show to me, he said, it's because he's preparing for this end time. He knows that once the men are out of the picture, false prophets will rise easily and deceive many. Power of deception. Okay, power of deception is only stopped by the ministry of the man-child. The Bible says, now we know that it's not the man that is deceived, but the woman that was deceived in the beginning. And Jesus was saying here in verse 4, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. So the operation of the end time will start with massive deception. Massive deception. And that's why you see, men, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of young ladies today who are not even uh, yet to be married is because their male, their man-child, their man is still under the attack of the enemy. But today we're going to pray and there's going to be liberation. Another strategy of Satan is to attack men of God. Through the ministry of false prophets, through the ministry of blackmailing, through the ministry of deception, and it says only those who shows tenacity, resilience to the end, will make it. Now, I'm going to close, and then we'll pray by sharing with you two things or two machinery or system that God has put in place. Amen? Two machinery that God has put in place for you and I to stay resilient in our Christian journey. You know, there's no guarantee that you're being born again is what will take you to the end. It says it is those who endure to the end. And those are the ones that will have the crown of life. We will all inherit the crown of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, what is this system that God has put in place? I'd mentioned it earlier. Number one, God wants us to be guided. And number two, God wants us to be directed. Now, those are two systems that has to be at work in your life. If you're going to, if you're going to survive this time, you're going to survive the deception in this time, if you're going to survive the uncertainties, the vexation of the time, you, you have to, God, you have to, you and I have to come to a point where we submit ourselves to the guidance of the Holy Spirit or the guidance that God has put in place for our lives. When we talk about guidance, I love the scripture Psalms 119. You know, we talk about prayer of Psalms. Psalms 119 verse 165, David said something there. He says, great peace have them who meditate or love your law. Great peace have them, Psalms 119 verse 165, great peace have them who love, who admire, who are drawn, who honor, who respect your law. It says they would not be moved. They would not be stumbled in this time. So to be guided, we're talking about an embodiment of wisdom and truth, okay, which we can call the wisdom of the just, the way the just, God has designed the just 
to operate. If you look at Luke chapter 1, verse 17, can somebody read for me Luke chapter 1, verse 17? And somebody else can read 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. And the third person also can read Proverbs 23, 23. It's a lot of scriptures, I told you. So let's go. Luke 1, 17, if you're there, you can read. Or if you're in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 to 15, you can also read, whichever. Or Proverbs 23, verse 23, you can also read. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Who's, who's, who's going with the reading? Luke 1, 17. Good. It will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. But my sister, read that second line before to make ready a people for the Lord. He says it will turn those who are disobedient to what? To the, to the wisdom of the just and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Good. So the wisdom of the just, and that's what I want to talk about. The way God has designed, designed the just to live. The way God has designed the just you know, to, to marry, the way God has designed the just to conduct their affairs, to, to lead their homes, to lead, to lead their children. He said the wisdom, there's a wisdom, okay? There's a wisdom that you see operational in the just. And the Bible is saying that that is, is something that when you come into or you, you begin to embrace that wisdom of the just. And everybody who is born again, that is one of the things you want to learn from the word of God. How, how for example, do, believe, do, do believers, the children of God, how do they relate to matter of money? How do they relate to matter of sex? How do they relate to matter of, you know, um, of fame? How do they relate to matter of, you know, when they are facing situations, adversity, the wisdom of the just? Now, let's read another scripture with regards to guidance, being embodiment of God's truth, embodiment of that wisdom of the just. Who is in um, next scripture? Is it Proverbs 23, 23? Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also mm. wisdom and instructions and understanding. Whoa. Can you read the next verse? After that, okay, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who besets a wise child will delight in him. Hallelujah! Now it yes. says, "By the truth." So to to walk in the wisdom of the just, it begins by you know strong desire to pay the price for the truth. Your heart is willing to embrace the truth, and you're not willing to let go or sell it. Praise the Lord. And he says, God Father will rejoice in us because we will live as wise children. Praise the Lord Jesus. Jesus was saying to his disciples, he said, now I release you as serpents, uh, as, 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 as sheep into the world. Be you wise. Okay, be wise as a serpent, but gentle as though. So it calls for a life of wisdom. 
The Lord, when I was growing up, one of the things the Lord opened my eyes to is to pray for wisdom. And I prayed for wisdom. It says, one of the things I've come to realize is if you impact wisdom in a child early, the, the, that child will live through life, okay, with the help of God, live through life and avoid a lot of costly mistakes. A lot of mistakes that will result into prayers and praying and deliverance and compassion because wisdom has a way of keeping you in the straight and narrow way. And when you're going wrong, wisdom has a way of calling that person back and say, come, this is the way of the just. Let's read the last scripture, which is 2 Timothy 3, 13 to 15. And then I'll move to the last point, then we pray. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy Oh, I'm sorry. Chapter 3. Go ahead if you have it. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. Please go ahead. And evil persons and imposters will keep on going from bad to worse, Hmm. deceiving others and being deceived themselves. But as for you, continue in truth that you were taught and firmly believe. You know who your teachers were. Hmm. That's the 14. Verse 15. Okay, verse 15. And you remember that ever since you were a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This is Paul to Timothy, telling Timothy that as a child, you've been exposed to the Holy Scriptures. You know, you've been taught God's word. And the effect is that it's able to make you wise. It's able to make you wise unto salvation. When you are guided, you know, there's, there's an internalized, it's like an internalized guardrails. You just know what to do. You just know how to approach certain situation because the word of God has found a place in you and impacted in you the wisdom of the just hallelujah praise Mm -hmm. the lord praise the lord now lastly is to be directed that is another thing if you're going to be resilient have spiritual resilience during this time and not fizzle out either as a man or woman is that you need to have that you know intuitive response we're talking about when you talk about resilience you're talking about the intuitive response to the promptings of, of the Holy Spirit, both the promptings and the intelligence of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is aware of certain things. He hints you. But look at it this way. You, you have to have been guided first before the Lord can direct you. You know, somebody came to me and was like, um, I want God to just reveal to me my, my wife and I just want to see my wife, you know, in a vision. And I said, well, if God has not been relating with you like that, if you have not been hearing God like that, that will be out of the norm. That will be out of, it will be, it's, 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 it's not going to be normal. 
because you have to learn to have been guided first by God's word. God has, you, you've yielded yourself to the, to the guidance of the spirit. You've learned to, when the Holy Spirit prompted you and said, remember the word of God says this, you yield to it and you pull back. Your ability to respond like that to guidance of God, which is the guardrails that God, is like safety guardrails God has put around your life. God is saying, no, you can't go out with an unbeliever. You can't say, oh, I'll marry a Muslim and convert them. That is outside the wisdom of the just. God has put safety guardrails. Now, if you have been walking within that safety limits, it is now easy for the Spirit of God to direct you and you will pick it. Amen. It says, as many, in Romans 8 verse 14, as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Amen. In John chapter 3 verse 8, he began to say, see, look, as the wind blows, you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. That is how every person born of the Spirit is. When you are born of the Spirit, your spirit man has been intuitively alive. You know, God can send signals to your spirit and you will pick it. Praise the Lord. God can say things that even your spouse is not saying and you will pick it. Hallelujah. And that is how to withstand the deception, to withstand the vexation, the uncertainties of the time we live in. To have that spiritual resilience that would take us to the end of our race. I pray that the Lord Almighty will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let me hear your loudest amen. Let me hear your amen. Now, I want us to pray some prayers. Amen. We're just going to pray these prayers together, and the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Now, I just want you to begin a prayer and say, Lord, this word I've received, I want you to confess. You can unmute yourself if you want to pray with me. Those who want to pray with me, unmute yourself. Say, this word I've received, I receive it into my heart by faith and let it profit me in the name of Jesus. I receive the impartation of the Spirit to be received by race. I will not backslide. I will not draw back. I will not give in to the plans and the schemes of the enemy in the name of Jesus I want you to pray, open my eyes, O oh Lord, that I might see you yourself in me and through me. The name of Jesus, release your anointing upon me. Set me ablaze with your fire. Destroy every cloud of darkness, of unbelief, fear and torment. Uh, clouds me from seeing you and enjoying your presence. Father, in the name of Jesus, every cloud, every fear, every uncertainty, Lord, remove from my life so that I can see your glory in my life. In the name of Jesus, I receive the unction of wisdom. I receive the unction of wisdom. Receive it. Say, I receive the unction of wisdom, discernment, insight, and revelation to know all things that God has ordained concerning me in this season. In the name of Jesus, I've not received the spirit of bondage to fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. I proclaim proclaim the covenant of divine fortress around me. Secure your mind with the wall of fire. In the name of Jesus, let the glory cloud 
of the Lord shield me in the name of Jesus. Numbers 23, 23. No enchantment against Jacob. No divination against Israel. No divination against me. Enchantment against my destiny in the name of Jesus. No disease will fasten itself to my body. My body temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now I want to pray um, really quick on the prayer request. We have a prayer request here. Just give me a little bit of time. We're going to close early. Uh, this is from um, okay, there's some prayer requests here. Let me go all the way up. Okay. Uh, hallelujah. Now this is from Cynthia Reglin. She said Please pray that God will heal my husband. God will heal my husband, David Reglin. Also pray for my aunt, Marilyn Martin, as she is having cornea replacement surgery tomorrow afternoon. She has lost some of her vision and is very painful and discolored. The almighty God, who is the great physician, he will touch your family members. He will touch your husband. He will bring healing and restoration to your, to your aunt and to your husband in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We will raise that in prayer. And um, I have somebody say, I'm going to have a new, okay, I'm going to have a new teacher in my classroom. Please, I want us to pray concerning her. Okay. We're going to pray that the Lord will send you, uh, I guess, this person is already employed. We can't even pray that the Lord will send you now. But we'll just pray that the Lord will make whoever this teacher is the right person, a right fit for you in Jesus' name. Now, Gogo said, please join me to pray regarding a fraudulent case that occurred last week. I pray that all that was stolen from me and my family shall be recovered in full and justice shall be brought to those involved in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. The word of God said, I will send a curse on the earth, the flying scroll, to chase after the thief. Everything that is stolen shall be restored in Jesus' name. Now, this last prayer, my name is B1. Please pray for my cousin, Ibrahim Yaya. He was kidnapped on his way home from work three days ago in Enugu State, Nigeria. They are demanding 10 million ransom. But I pray in the, I believe in the efficacy of prayers that they should release him on hot and without any ransom. Oh yes, we will pray. The Lord himself will deliver him and set him free in Jesus' name. From his, his, his testimony shall be that his soul is escaped from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken. The Lord will grant escape in Jesus' name. This is from Sharon Akinwumi. Um, Sharon Akinwumi say, please pray for overall health of my body. Please, Lord, build me up where I am weak. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, testimony, thank God for the healing of my brother's health. Hallelujah. I remember doing something with him during the course of the week. This is from Toba to everyone. Please pray for my cousin who has just received the diagnosis of B-cell lymphoma. The God, God who heals and destroys cancer. He will touch. Thank you for listening to this message. 
We love to stay in touch and to see you at one of our events. You can find out more about us on our website at prayer-huddle.com. Email us at feedback at prayer-huddle.com or on our Instagram at prayer underscore huddle.